You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Hey, this is Mike right here. And this is Zach. And And uh, we're doing this real quick because you're going to hear us uh, call this podcast a few different things on these first few episodes. We wanted to get you this content. We've been working on this podcast since last summer. Yeah. And uh, we decided to call it the Zach and Mike Make Three. So from here on out, it's going to be called the Zach and Mike Make Three. We just didn't want you guys to be confused. Uh, you're also going to hear some outdated references. Uh, we live in a crazy world and things are happening all the time. Uh, Mike and I were pretty proud of these episodes. We wanted to get them to you guys. So henceforth, the Zach and Mike Make Three podcast right here on the Sound Talent Network. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to meeting you in person and loving all of you. Sexually. Good evening. Good evening. <laughs> uh, Good evening. Welcome to the Three Things Podcast. We are your beautiful hosts. I am Zach Blair. And I'm Mike Weeby. Do you know how to pronounce your last name? Mm-mm. No. It's, it's hard. There's. I know there's a... I know it's never been spelled correctly by another <laughs> fucking human being or, or... Or pronounced well. I've never really heard it pronounced well. Because um, it's, it's, a, you it's know, wobbly, it, it right? Honestly... I, I, for real, I cannot tell you the real, pain though. of having to have a comical last name. It's not just, so this is, when I was growing up. It's pretty stupid. When I was growing up, no joke, like when Redneck, I'm going to always do Rednecks on this, but Rednecks would make fun of me and the way they wouldn't even like add any spin to it. They would just say my last name really condescendingly and just go like, Wee. hey, what's up, way baby? <laughs> and they just kind of like smile with a fucking like dirt, oh, dirty mustache. That's like put, just putting a little bit of stank on the word makes Wee it a, a fucking like slur. And then, you know? you know, in the 80s there was, and it, I'm glad it's kind of like uh, disappeared but their dweeby was a very like oh. pop. It was like right, like it was like like uh, it was nerd geek, dork and dweeby were all like in the same family. But for whatever reason, dweeby, I, I don't. I bet I would be willing to bet like kids now don't don't know that. Were you term. dweeby? Oh yeah, oh, always constantly. I was gonna always. laugh at that, but that's got to be fucking terrible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, for it would me- be if your last name was like. Orc. Yeah. Or if your last name was Eek or something like that. I mean, when... And it's totally... Weeby the Dweeby. Totally. Oh, did you come up with that on your fucking own, man? <laughs> Shit, where's the open mic? Total lesser degree, but I saw the that Lego Maniac commercial. The Zach, Zach, he's oh, a... Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. I saw that and I was like, oh. Oh, no. Fuck. And the yeah. next day, the first kid was like, 
Lego Maniac. And I was the Lego Maniac for yeah. fucking years. You know what's fucking crazy? Uh, this friend of mine... Kids suck. <laughs> well, adults do too. A friend yeah. of mine, Jake Flores, who's like this really great comedian, who's an adult. This isn't like old... This is like, whatever, like five years ago. But I remember him doing a bit, and I think even talking to me, that literally people go like, Oh, Jake, Jake from State Farm? And you're like, that's not even, you're a fucking adult, and it's not even funny. At least if you were a child, you would under, you would just like, oh, words that go together. Right. And, but like, you're a fucking adult. People are so goddamn stupid. Vote Trump! Okay, so, uh. We didn't even do the intro to our, I know, our podcast we, we, yet, but we did. We did impart. This was important. So, if this is your first time tuning into our podcast, this is the Three Things podcast, mm-hmm. and what this is is we are two musicians that you've probably never heard of. I, like I said, my name is Zach Blair. I have played in such bands as Guar. I have played in such bands as Hackfish. I have played in such bands as Only Come. I currently play in a band called Rise Against, and I currently play in a band with this gorgeous hunk of human meat I'm smiling <laughs> right here next to me uh, it's called the Draculas mm-hmm. um, and he is Mike I don't know how to pronounce his last name Weibel Weibel uh, tell him what you yeah. do well I'm in the Draculas and uh, I was in a band called Riverboat Gamblers and a thing called Ghost Knife and High Tension Wires um yeah, and then I do tell jokes and and uh, on stage and stuff like that, and we're we're together. What we what we've been doing is we've been getting together. We've been talking to each other. We've been talking to other people. We get them to pick three things that have affected their lives in a positive way. Maybe it's three things about what's getting them through the pandemic. Maybe it's the three things that got them to become where they are in life. Maybe it's the three things that they are off to. Nobody said that yet, but it might happen maybe at some they're, point. Maybe it's their three favorite records. Maybe it's the three favorite movies. Um, we want to keep Maybe it. it's their three favorite orifices. The orifice, orifices. Orifice. Um, we want to keep it three things. We like to keep it vague. We're sort of uninformed ourselves. Yep. And then we're oddly informed about random crazy mm-hmm. shit. We figure if it's three We're geniuses things, when it comes to bullshit. When it comes to shit that doesn't matter. Um, we figure we kept it Three things we're at least going to know about. One of those things, yeah. and therefore we don't have to do any fucking research. And this week, I knew about two things, and Zach knew about two things, but we both learned about one thing each. This week we interviewed our uh, good, good, good friend and band member to me in the Riverboat Gamblers, Ian McDougal. Band member with Zach. They do a thing called, what's it called? Number one, one, number record. one record. We, we basically do... just do a tribute to yeah. it. One, we'll pick one record and we do it, we do it here in Austin, Texas. Uh, Ian... He tells a story about how he is now in the band of horses, which is a fucking amazing band. Everybody should check out. Ian went out. Um, he would had sort of retired from being the stage life and was touring with bands. Let he him was, tell the story, goddammit, well, Zach. It's really good. And he has he ended up in the band, so he's going to tell that story. Uh, so yeah, I did, this was a this was a good week. This yeah. was a good this was a good podcast. And uh, how have you been? Uh, you know, uh, you know me. Back on my bullshit. Um, I'm, I'm fine. Uh, I'm uh, Ian and I actually did a show the other day where we just played songs on the internet. And God damn, dude, I, I've, I, it's crazy how much I miss performing so oh, man, much. Well, you know, look, I know I'm glass half full, and I, and I know I'm the ever, ever the optimist. Uh, my wife says it's like I'm on the other hand the glass half empty, and the glass is half. Full of piss. Well, <laughs> what was that movie 
the Italian actor, and it was basically about the Holocaust, and he was still in a great mood through all, throughout all of it, and he won an Oscar for, what was the name of that movie? Uh, I think that movie was called Paddington Bear. Paddington Bear. Well, no, you know uh, about. Life is Beautiful. Life Robert, is Beautiful. Roberto Benigni. Roberto Benigni. My wife tells me that going through the, the pandemic is like going, with me, is like going through it with Roberto <laughs> Benigni, because I'm always in such a good mood, I'm always hyper. And positive. However, I do feel like there Your is... English is spotty. <laughs> yeah, my English is spotty. Uh, search for words. I speak fucking fluent hick. <laughs> I speak fluent hick. Um, but there is some weird... And you probably don't feel this because you're a fucking lump of coal, fucking just shitty piece of shit human being. Okay. <laughs> Back to you being so positive. <laughs> <laughs> because you know, as a, as a human shit. being, you're just a piece of shit. No, um, there is there is a different feeling lately, and I don't know if it's because of. Yeah. I, I mean, that could all change in a few weeks I with think, the election, yeah. but still, I think, feels I think at least in my uh, small circle, there is a hope, a feeling that we might get rid of. Uh, the fucking current regime and, and, and you know, I'm as, I, and I am a glass half empty thing of piss, but I do think that no matter what, and I, I fully think that all politicians are kind of turds and that they have money entirely at heart. Nonetheless, I think if we get this current giant diarrhea piece of turd out yeah. it will make whatever turd much less much more palatable i agree you know and i will be i think that will be a turning place at least on like this weird collective unconscious psyche of uh of negativity like I, I, i'm not so dumb to think that like oh yeah we have a different president and things get better and then that all like society's ills get cured by no means do i think that but i think this is an impressive blight we've had on on yeah, on been... life on on our on people's people's brains. I think you're right, and I mean we don't get very deep here on the Three Things podcast for a reason, but I think these things are worth talking about. If if what is ha- gonna ha- what might happen is what we're talking about. If that happens, we will get on this podcast. I'm so and superstitious that I won't even say it out loud. No, I know yeah. I'm not either. If yeah. you notice, I'm not either. I yeah, don't want to so fucking jinx it. Don't want to jinx it. But I do feel like if this event happens, that uh, I don't know, man. It It'll will get somewhat better for sure. It will get somewhat better. It will, and I feel like, you know. Anyway, we don't have to. We don't have to keep going there. Uh, so uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, thank you guys for supporting. Thank you guys for appreciating what we do. Um, okay, so thank you everyone for listening. Yeah. Uh, without further ado. Ado. Adio. We'll um, bring on our, our buddy Ian McDougal and we'll get into this podcast and uh, we'll talk to y'all at the end of the world. Oh, and uh, it's a, we have a, a t-shirt cannon here tonight mm-hmm. and uh, for the first five callers, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to try to shoot a t-shirt to your house. You're going to have to tell us where you mm-hmm. live. Uh, you're going to have to live within, let's say, 20 feet of where we're podcasting mm-hmm. right now, but we're going to get that shirt to you. This is going to be the official uh, three Things Podcast t-shirt, merchandise, maybe a coffee mug if you're lucky. Mm-hmm. But this is T-shirt Cannon Night. And it's a hand drawing of Reba McIntyre. <laughs> so uh, go ahead and give us a call. First five callers get themselves a t-shirt that Mike drew of 
Reba McIntyre. And it just says the three league three, three things, things podcast. The talk that rocks. Uh, thanks for listening, and we will see you soon. In hell. Okay, we have Ian McDougal, and what we're going to do at the top of this before we get into your three things, and you better have three good things, motherfucker. Um, is Ian McDougal is the guitar player for the Riverboat Gamblers, mm-hmm. which Mike Michael Weeby, my co-host, my partner in life and crime, uh, is also the singer of that band. Um, but Ian is also in the Band of Horses. How how did that come about? Real quick, up here uh, at the top of the hour. Band of Horses. I was. Uh, I know that you guys all know. I was like working for. I switched, not switched, but I ended up just kind of doing production work for some bands and stuff. And um, I did, I was doing that with Band of Horses and um, I was kind of like assistant TMing and then also handling merch stuff and like. um, And TMing stands for tit mashing. Yes. (laughs) Didn't really got that cleared up. Yeah, good, good, good. But uh, no, and then so we were kind of like in the middle of a tour and I mean, a lot of people on the crew with that band kind of all knew that I played and or they were just old friends and um, and the guys in the band, they knew I played and we ended up uh, it's, you know, I used to occasionally hop up and play extra guitar like at the end of a at the end of a set. And um, yeah, didn't you play on like, uh, was it Fallon before we did? we did jimmy kimmel and kimmel was, yeah yeah you were on kimmel before you were even in the band yeah it was kind of ins- like they came and asked me and uh our our production manager jason if we wanted to play extra guitar and which was insane because i was just like oh, uh. and uh and so we ended up doing that and i played electric and jason played an extra acoustic and shortly thereafter you know they were in between guitar players for that tour and just trying to figure it out after that i just kind of threw it out there like if you need help you know i'm down thinking that nothing was really going to come of it but you know i i get along with it i mean those guys are we get along just like how the three of us would get along you know what i mean like um really really similar and uh and so they ended up asking me if i was able to play guitar on a european tour and it's man it's been ever since um and uh and then you caught covid and spread it in the u.s and, and i went there and i got it and I well i gotta say on this end of things like everybody here was so stoked for you and so proud of you because that's an amazing band and you deserved that gig you know, i appreciate that yeah but i i didn't think any i cursed else. your name mike i spit. <laughs> Yeah, I saw Mike that day. And it was pretty I spit rough. and I was inside uh, the church at a funeral when I came yeah. out. Mike was a ball of unfettered rage for <laughs> about a month. I spit. I was actually looking. I was at the visitation of my grandma <laughs> and I was looking in the casket and somebody came and whispered like, McDougal's in Band of Horses. And I'm like, no! And I had to, <laughs> then they made me get a towel and clean it off of her. He spit in her face. I spit in her face, but she, yeah, she wasn't alive. She can't tell she that. Didn't fucking, she didn't know. No big deal. But anyway, uh, congrats. That's awesome. And congratulations on that. And I never knew how that actually, I just knew you would, were out with them and then you were playing guitar with them. And then, I mean, I saw you in, I guess it was Europe. We did a festival together. I don't remember what it was called, but I remember. Yeah. 
you guys played and then Afghan Wigs played, I think. I think that's true, yeah. But yeah. I just remember walking to like our, we had something to do um, and uh, you guys went on and Ben's voice and just, you guys, I was just so proud of you. It was, you know, being, a, you know, we've grown up together really and, and you know, I was just, a, yeah, it was just awesome. You know, it was awesome to see you over there with that band and like, you know, it's, 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 if you're in a certain closeness with somebody, you sort of live, you know, you get that sort of vicarious, like, fuck yeah, you know, we did it. You know what I mean? Sounds great. I was back home trying to figure out how many fingers I could fit up my ass. Yeah. I mean, Mike's a fucking loser and he hasn't done anything. He's just been at home. So you and me were over in Europe (laughs) fucking high five. We were like, I remember saying to you, dude, isn't Mike a dumb fuck? Do you remember that? sent me a postcard i remember <laughs> it was a postcard of us with our arms around each other and we had our fucking thumbs up and we both had shirts that said fuck you mike yep. how's austin yeah being in catering you know yeah hanging with the boys i know? remember the first thing i didn't even say hi to you i was just like fucking mike <laughs> can you believe that motherfucker um, <laughs> ooh, <laughs> what um well anyway congrats and that's an awesome awesome thing and look so looking forward to you guys are i would imagine gonna have music out um you know much like everybody else once all of this is over and get the fuck out there dude yeah we've been there's always i mean like i I, same thing with working on stuff with mike too like i send stuff kind of you know that's kind of you know i was thinking about you're saying the third thing and i think i have my third thing Good. Well, then let's, without further ado, uh, well, to further to, to say that, I think every, this is the time for everybody to, to do output. And then so when it's time to go, all we have to do is tour and we can just put out all the recordings and records and shit that we did during quarantine. Um, so without further ado, let's get started on our three things. So thing number one. Thing number one. My thing number one. Um, and this is going to be your three things that got you through or getting you through the pandemic. Is that what this is? Got it. Okay. Now that's way more clear. Um, number one, I would say, um, bikes, bicycles. See, now I had that as well. Mike. Fucking sick of all this bicycle talk. Bicycle. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it was a motorcycle, a unicycle, and a bicycle. <laughs> what am I saying it wrong? They need to pick. They need to pick a side. Yeah, yeah. You know, during during this podcast, I've learned a lot of things about Mike. One thing is that he's allergic to chili, which he's the only person in the world that's allergic to chili. Allergic to tomatoes. Yeah, tomatoes. I know, are... I know, but I think it's funnier to say that he's allergic to chili. I just think that's hysterical. Hysterical. It's fucking cool <laughs> it's fucking cool i think it's interesting i think it defines a personality it really is so interesting um so so yeah so this will be the the three things your your number one that have been getting you through this 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 difficult time a bicycle and it could have been anything could have been your three favorite records um it could have been a tricycle it could have been a quadsicle quadsicle well, and so you've been using a bike to get around, I take it, here in Austin, lovely Austin, Texas. Well, you've been a biker for a long time. I, yeah, I've always liked it, and then I got sketched out after that wreck, but then I got back into it. 
Yeah, tell let's, us about, tell tell the tell the folks who weren't uh, visiting you in hospital rooms uh, about that wreck again. That, that was that was gnarly. Yeah, it was in 2008, and I was riding my bike home from Pat Lillard's house. Pat Lillard, ex bass player of the Riverboat Gamblers, current uh, Boston Sea. East Coast liver. East Coast liver. Yeah. The most Texas guy lives in Boston. No, no shit. He's uh, working on the docks. No. Um, <laughs> um, uh, no, I was riding back from his house, and um, and it was it was late, but it, you know it was. I kept it pretty tame that night, and uh, but I don't. I know that you guys living in Austin maybe there's people that don't but there's this road called airport and uh airport is one giant long just thing that leads all the way to the airport it's a road uh airport road and at night there's literally nobody driving on it and it's it was this the most direct way from pat's house to get to my house is probably like if i would have gone through it was you know if i would have gone through neighborhoods it would have taken me you know like a half hour if i would have just gone on airport and it's all downhill i like coasted i mean from where where it happened i was so close to my house um so it was just like oh i'll just take this thing it's like a, almost like you know a bicycle highway from pat's house all the way to mine i'm gonna be home in like 10 minutes and uh so i was just like kind of cruising along and it was um it was so uh it was so nice out that night i remember like i was it was in october because uh trying to think it was like the it was like the 18th or like october it was a couple of days before my birthday that's how i remember like exactly the time of year it was and um you know like hoodie weather and so i was riding riding along and then um all of a sudden i just woke up and i was in the back of an ambulance and i had no idea what the hell happened at all and i couldn't move and I couldn't really like think or like, it was really surreal. It was like, honestly, it was like being in a movie. And do you, also, no, do you still have no recollection of getting hit by a car? Not at all. Like no wow. pain, like no, like, I mean, there was pain later, but like when it happened, I have no recollection of like, I mean, it was like instantaneous, like on my bike and then nothing. And then waking up in an ambulance. Um, I, I, I got in a car wreck when I was 19. And it was the same thing. It just knocked it right out of me. I don't remember anything about it. Just, I remember being at Pagan Rhythms on Mockingbird mm -hmm. in Dallas, Texas, and I bought the jam, This is the Modern World. And then I woke up in a hospital room and I don't remember anything about it. So, so yeah, I remember, I remember coming visiting you and shit we all did, you know, we came and brought you stuff and yeah. you were laid up for quite a while. Not that long though, because <laughs> they're playing, playing a it's just a couple of months like uh man like thinking that i was okay to play a show i even hopped up at fun fun just a couple yeah. of, like a couple of weeks even but uh like the the list of injuries was kind of crazy and it kind of freaked me out because i seriously thought that uh i was worried because i had gotten so rocked like in my head that i was like am i gonna like not know if you know like if something's fucking wrong yeah <laughs> thinking about words and weird shit and um you know if there was you know i don't know I, so like i broke my left ankle and my right hip socket and my left wrist a ton of bones like in my face 
like weird little kind of stuff in my cheek and like stuff like that. And I uh, had a giant gash in my head. But the biggest, scariest sounding thing was that I had internal decapitation. So like, uh, so like um, when he hit me. A great metal band name. Though. Yeah. Internal decapitation. Uh, so like when he hit me, it went like my skull and spine fucking came apart and, and snapped back into place instantaneously. Whoa. Jesus God, I didn't know that. And so like. The te- these tendons in the back of my neck right here, um, they stretched in a way that your neck is never supposed to stretch, you know? Um, so it was, I mean, like, it it was crazy. And then for, for a solid, like, I don't know, for still to this day, it's funny. Like, I still, I mean, that was, you know, over, it was 12 years ago, but still, like, to this day, if I, like, you know, if I'm not like taking care of myself or like not drinking enough water, I had vertigo really, really bad. And so like, uh, which was insane to deal with because my eyes would uncontrollably just start swimming around. And, um, and so still, if like, if I'm, you know, like I said, if I'm not taking care of myself, not drinking a ton of water, it'll come back in, in like, not super extremely, but it'll get like weird where like throughout the day, things are kind of like a little strange, but, uh, fuck dude yeah it was crazy and it all you know like everything kind of came back to normal uh after a while we sort of cured the vertigo thing you know like with uh that's the best thing about ham is they uh you know i got hooked up with like a physical therapist and i did that like religiously i went to physical therapy and did everything they told me to do for my for my wrist because i was it's my fretting wrist and so i was like i was freaked out about that and then um, well, real quick, let me stop you, but uh, for those that don't know, ham. Ham is uh, cured pork meat, and Ian ate a whole bunch of it in order to help himself. No, ham is a thing. It's called the Health Alliance of Austin Musicians here in Austin. That it's We're real lucky in this town because we have a, a group that uh, it's kind of, it's like insurance, but it's it helps out musicians because... Uh, most of us are super fucking broke. Well, and and Austin, it's the one time where you know Austin touts itself as the live music capital of the world, and a lot of the times, us and our musician brethren kind of get the shit into the stick uh, when it comes to things like this. And so, in rare cases, uh, they stepped up and they helped you out. I believe they helped you they helped out. out too. Yeah, helped no, you out I, as well. I, I try and do a benefit type thing or be involved in something because of that. They're really cool people. So if anybody is listening, so check what, out him. How, how do you get back into bicycles after such a horrific accident? It didn't take, I mean, like it took a while, it, but it was kind of like trying to think of where I was living. Um, large. Living, yeah, living a lot. No, uh, just like where I was, you know, like, uh, like parts of town, you know, when I think when I got to kind of like, cause I was living on the east side when that happened, like east east by the, by our practice space, like by the gambler space, pretty close. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, the gamblers practice in the absolute worst place on. No, North it ain't North. that bad. We're pretty cool. It's a, we it's live, a, we're right. We practice right next to a, uh, right next to police a police station. No, oh, there's a police used, it's a used, yeah, it's a, like, for the police, like, all the cars, they fucking wreck and shit, they keep them there. And then when they do, like, heists, or not heists, but when they do, like, raids on people's houses. Yeah. 
<laughs> they send all the fucking people stuff there too. Yeah, we're, so we're right by there. It's a strip mall, and it also has a uh, uh, there's a church service. I think it's like an old office strip mall. I think there was also a gambling parlor and like, uh, but like just like slot machines for a little bit. And now there's a tattoo studio, which is the weirdest place in the world for a tattoo studio. Yeah, you guys should get matching tattoos there. There was um, a detailing place too there for a while, which was kind of awesome. And and for anyone else that doesn't live in Austin, Texas, you need transportation to get around this town. This isn't a fun place like New York City yeah. or somewhere like that where you can just hail a cab or walk to where you need to go. You have to have some sort of a for, form of transportation. And so a lot of people do use bikes because yeah. it helps to get around. It's, it's, you know, it's a cheap way to get around. But the problem is also it's a fucking party town and people drive drunk and text and shit like that. And then people like our good friend Ian here get almost killed on their yeah, bikes man. often, often. Um, but yeah, I think like a couple of, you know, like later, as soon as I was kind of okay, like it, it probably took a year like or a year or two for me to get back on. And then when I did, you know, like I wasn't as, you know, gung ho all over town for a while. And then I was, and then when I moved up to North Austin, I kind of started riding a little less, but um, I'm in North Austin now. And just like during the pandemic and everything, when it started was like, right. When my car completely like, I mean, I think a money pit and, uh, and I still have it and it's working now, but, uh, right. Like in March, yeah, it took a shit. The alternator went out and I said, fuck it. Cause I didn't have to live. I didn't have to leave to go anywhere. And, uh, so in that interim, I bought a new bike and, um, you know, I've been riding it around, you know, like to and from doing guitar lessons and stuff like that, or just, just in a loop, you know, and it's, it's, especially from doing zoom guitar lessons and sitting like literally where I'm sitting right now, um, all day from, you know, from like noon until, you know, nine o'clock or whatever, um, doing that all day it would be the best thing to just like, even at night to just kind of be like, I need to get out of the house and just get and go do out and do something. And, and not just like, but the thing is, is there's nothing to, to go do. It's not like you can go, go to a show or go to and hang out with your friends really or anything like that. So it was like, you know what, that was the best thing is just to kind of like get on my bike. And then I would just do this loop. And um, I love night riding. Yeah. Right? It's great. Do yeah. you get any sort of phantom weird? Um, uh, there was times when I would get back in a car and even though I don't remember anything about the wreck, I would get sort of like, Oh, you know, like the kind of. I, yeah. I get sketched out. Um, like I have a really hard time. Like if I'm in a super, super like, um, not like, a, you know, if I'm just riding around kind of like residential neighborhood streets, I will put my headphones in and kind of like keep it really, really, really quiet so I can hear still every, like, mm -hmm. I, I, I mean, you can hear when a car, you know, like our air, you know, um, air passing or something like that, you know, um, that's when I'll put headphones in, but I do get sketched out on, you know, like just that behind kind of sense of just, you know, like making sure that I can, uh, make a quick kind of like left kind of turn around yeah. or whatever like because half the time what i'm doing is i'm going north and so i'm i'm having to kind of like turn left i don't know um 
<clears throat> but yeah, I'll get like weird little things like that. But the thing is, is that's when you, that's when shit happens is when you squirrel out, you know what I mean? And For that's, sure. and that's when the shit goes wrong, you know? Like, well, and I also feel like later. Like you're eating shit on a bicycle yet? I mean, no, I mean, obviously not to that car wreck um, level, but. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think it's just, it's not anyone that rides a bike. I don't touch the motherfuckers. Anyone that rides a bike <laughs> often, it's a matter of, you know, when, not That's if. why I don't touch the motherfuckers. But, you know, I have started taking, there's a, there's a track here in Austin called the Velo Track, which is just a, a bike track. And. I've been going not full goofy shit, but like half goofy shit, like the clipless, you know, shoes. And then I wear the shorts, the like Lycra shorts with the, the fucking taint pad and all that shit in it. See, I want to get a taint pad to wear underneath like Dude, shorts. I highly you recommend know, I it. wear those and I don't touch the motherfuckers. <laughs> I just wear the taint pads. Well, I mean, taint pad is your middle name, so... Also, yeah. I have tattooed on my back plate. Mike Metallica taint pad, Weeby Clifford. Um, a good, like, uh, kind of like 90s Northwestern grunge kind of band name. Yeah, yeah. taint pad. It's almost kind of like Tad, though. So, yeah, they're going to yeah. open for in- eternal, internal decapitation. Tad looks like he does need a taint pad. <laughs> <laughs> internal decapitation. Um, so, yeah, I wear like half goofy shit, I don't go full goofy shit. But I just go out there and do like 15 miles and it's rad. You know, you just kind of zone out and listen to shit. I'm afraid of going over the handlebars on those because you're clipped in. So you're taking the bike with you. And so that's going to be an epic fucking wreck. I feel like for me, well, I mean, it's a big difference between the bikes y'all are talking about, like uh, BMX bikes. But when I was a kid, I felt like there was like a decision to be made between like, am I going to be a skateboard kid or a BMX kid? Because I knew I wanted to do one. And I like ate shit so bad on just a, a tiny little BMX ramp that I was like, oh, I'm a skateboard guy. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah. That um, was the thing is I got freaked out about skateboards because I felt like if I fell over and broke my wrist, I would never be able to play guitar. Yeah. That's exactly why I didn't. Yeah. That's exactly and that's why I ended up getting more into BMX and stuff. And well, when I was a kid in California and then when I moved to Texas, that all of that just kind of went away because where I lived, it, you couldn't do anything like that at all. Um, so all I did was play guitar, you know, like I moved to like middle of nowhere neighborhood in Carrollton in Dallas. And it was just like constantly in development. So there was no safe place to do anything. And so a lot of it was just spent Mm-hmm. sitting in the bedroom oh so fa- leads. for for fans of the three things podcast ian mcdougall is also oaky smoky uh fucking north texas backwoods hick just like your your favorite two co-hosts mm-hmm. uh here <laughs> where we are actually inbred and from trailer parks um <laughs> and we eat yeah. on fucking fried bologna sandwich y'all um <laughs> You boys want some fried bologna over here? We're gonna put it in a biscuit. There was this, uh, there was this thing in Thrasher magazine. It was just called uh, scarfing material, and it was this guy. It was this like food col- like a, a one-page food column in a uh, in a uh, Thrasher magazine, and they had one thing that was called Boss Indie Crosses, and you would like slice four slices in a round piece of bologna, but like not all the way to the center, but almost to the center and then fry the bologna. So then like the insides kind of curl up and it looked like the indie logo. <laughs> and we would eat it and we were too dumb to, dumb to realize that 
no matter how it looks, it's still fried bologna. Fucking bologna. Thrasher said it's cool. Well, he's fried, right? Okay, so I think that's a good that's a good thing. One, um, yeah. it almost killed you, but you came back to it. Just like that uh, that surfer surfer gal that got her arm bitten off by a shark, and then she still she still surfs. She's still sh- it's shredding the gnar. Yeah, no, it's great. It's it's a good. I mean, I think now, like I don't know, you. It's one of those things. Like I got to do it, especially you know, from switching over to doing these Zoom guitar lessons and just stuff in general. You know, like just trying to find something that I enjoy doing that's also kind of physical exercisey sure. because I definitely fucking hate going in the gym, but it's something that I absolutely need to do, and uh, and so riding a bike around i just kind of like uh i also like that thing of like riding around especially in this town and you can kind of see a bunch of stuff that you just don't see whenever you're driving around on main roads you know just like you know um and let's face it like here lately i think it's important to just get out of the fucking house and do something on your own yeah Um, very solitary like independent thing for me and i it's like I love it. You know, it's, yeah. it's my time to listen to fucking records sometimes, you know, and yeah. Yeah. Just to listen to a whole, a whole record on, you know, from a whole band. That's a good barometer too, for like, for the amount of time to like go and do it, you know, like. Have you know. ever seen those? Uh, I was just thinking about headphones. Have you ever seen those like Bose makes these weird, like, I don't know how to describe it, but it's almost as if you took a small towel and put it around your, your, neck your collarbone it's just this little plastic thing that hangs around your neck and it but it's bows and it like rattles your uh clavicle oh, or whatever it yeah, yeah, yeah. rattles your collarbone for the bass and you it's kind of cool you can like hear you can hear everything out there but it's also this really full musical sound I've, I've, I've thought about getting one but i don't i think like for if you're a bike guy it would be the best that thing would to be do. Would be rad. And I've, you know, there's every once in a while, especially riding around on Shoal Creek and stuff like that. Like you'll see those dudes that have the little clip on clippy speaker thing, but mm-hmm. like some bullshit fucking music that you just don't, yeah. I don't know. Or you're on Sprang Cheese Incident. Or you'll yeah. see those fucking assholes on the recumbent bike with a goddamn speaker. Cords. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bikes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that would be your thing number one. Thing number two. Well, I know we were saying quantum leap, but I was thinking about like three things, and I it was just a crazy week, and I was just like three things that I like. Um, but so I said quantum leap. I want to talk about quantum leap because I fuck. I love me. I don't know shit about QL. Well, I do do as well. But I was gonna say just kind of like I mean, it's a lot of people's things, I'm sure in general. But I was just gonna say the blanket idea of TV shows that's been kind of number two uh, because that's been everything, but quantum leap is a huge one. Yeah. I mean, if we're talking TV shows, we are like, I'm realizing that my dorkdom when it comes to everything is only paralleled by this fucking dork sitting right here next to me. Um, As far as again, I'm, I'm cool. (laughs) uh, I'm sorry. (laughs) I am cool. Where do you say that when, in fact, I am cool? (laughs) You are saying I am a dork, but I am actually cool. uh, You know, this is just aside before we get into it. Like, like everybody was like upset about uh, 
Saturday Night Live this week. Bill Burr was on this week. And uncontent, there's a lot of people that were just like, Saturday Night Live is not good anymore. And um, which, like, yes, that's debatable. And it's also probably not for, like, the demographic of a lot of people that were claiming. Either way, it's like, motherfucker, you don't have to watch Saturday Night Live. There is so much TV right now. We are in an amazing golden age of TV where it would be impossible to have the time to watch all the good stuff that is existing, that is not only from the past, but also from the present that is currently coming out. There's so much shit um, and it's crazy. And you think back to a time when uh, the Quantum Leap came out, when there was not a lot of uh, sci-fi on TV. Um, Quantum Leap was a show that was on... It's uh, crazy. He turned. He started with SNL currently and, and somehow turned it. I'm, I'm, this is why I'm he's a, a, he's a podcast um, uh, as, uh, Quantum Leap was on from March 25th, 1989 through May 5th. Of 1993. Just, what's crazy about this, ladies and gentlemen that can't see this, Mike, that came off the top of his head. <laughs> the dome, as it were. Um, but so, you know, did you watch Quantum Leap when it was airing, like primetime? I, I mean, I definitely couldn't have. Um, I mean, it was, it was I, I watched reruns, I think, on USA whenever, yeah. whenever it was on. And, um, but dude, I mean, like we, when I was a kid, that was the thing is, is, you know, like my dad was super into kind of like a lot of the stuff that I'm into currently still, but then a lot of the stuff that like, I feel like all of my really good friends are super into or like, or know a lot about, you know, yeah. like James Bond shit, Bruce, Van Damme, Van Damme. Maybe re- repeat that you kind of we kind of glitched out a little bit. You said uh, Bruce Lee shit. Bruce Lee shit. Uh, JCVD. Oh, JCVD. I got you. I got you. Jean Claude Van Damme. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Kind of um, like early action movie shit. Lots yeah. of stuff. Um, and well, then nine uh, for sure. There wasn't a lot of sci-fi on TV. I would say this is like a primetime show for those of you and Zach's you've never seen it. It was a show it was about uh, an actor, uh, or not an actor, but it was about the this actor Scott Bakula as the lead character. This is a great name. And uh, he was doing a time experiment, and he got uh, he got sucked into time, and he's just randomly hopping into different people's bodies. So essentially, it's kind of like an anthology show of somebody going through time and having this. They, and I guess I guess what was the setup, Ian? Like he has to fix a problem, or every can you still hear me hello hello um so like i feel like every episode he got randomly thrown into the body of somebody else and it could be any kind of person it was just all over the place you know like and it was always kind of like sometimes topical sometimes it was like a history lesson sometimes it was you know like a after school special type kind of you know like you never do this or whatever sometimes it was super heavy sometimes it would be like a super heavy situation that would just lead him to like, you know, uh, all of a sudden, you know, like he's running a farm, like for the whole episode and the farm is going to hell and like all this crazy shit. And then the only thing that he had to accomplish was for buddy Holly to write Peggy Sue, but it was (laughs) like, he saved the farm and it just so happened that 
the farm's like most popular pig was named Sue and Buddy Holly called it Piggy Sue. And it turned out like the little kid that worked at the farm, like the entire episode, his name was Buddy. And you never knew for a million, like for the, for the entire episode that, that it was going to be Buddy Holly, but this little kid, um, like at the end, it's like an Indiana Jones moment or something like that, where it's just like, Hey buddy, um, you know, like, uh, why don't you keep playing that guitar that you've been working on? And he's like, okay, piggy Sue, piggy Sue. And he's like, uh, maybe work on that one. And it turns out to be Peggy Sue. And it was, and that was the thing that he had to do in that episode. And then he leaps out. And then all of a sudden he's like hanging upside down with some gangster holding him by his feet off the side of a building. And that was the cliffhanger for the next episode. And he's like, Oh boy. Oh boy, yeah, every cliffhanger would end with him, him leaping into it. And when, whenever he would leap, like his body, they would like animate his body blue and like blue lights going everywhere. And then it would, the blue light would overtake the screen and then it would get small again. And he would be like the, the beginning of what was going to be the next episode. And it was always some kind of a mistake, you know, where he's like right. in bed with um, a girl or something. And she's right. like, get out of my house and uh he'll just go oh boy and he doesn't look at the camera but he almost looks at the camera because he was still expecting him expecting him to say oh boy but the the other thing so he's leaping into all these bodies and and then the uh character actor dean stockwell who uh people might know from some david lynch stuff and just being a (laughs) crumbudgeonly dirty looking man uh he's the best in the show and he's he's always like this with his head, like he's always got his hand on his head and he's always looking at like I think it's a precursor to like the iPhone. Yeah, it's he, essentially it's an iPhone. Just like looking at it and he's always just like, oh like you know, home based like Ziggy back at the science lab that he got zapped out of is you know, they're they're still monitoring him. They're monitoring him. Oh, okay. And when, when Dean Stockwell's there, he can interact with Scott Bakula and only Scott Bakula can see him, but he's kinda like a ghost. He'll like so, walk people will walk through him and he'll go like, Oh, that's so annoying. So Bakula cannot go back. Bakula he's trying he's hoping every time he's hoping that the leap will be randomly back into his body. So um, he, the weird thing though is that when he okay so scott bakula his body physically is still in his time yeah the thing is he's in this like holographic chamber and so basically his like his soul gets sent inside of the body else so when he's doing all this stuff in all these different time places you see him as scott bakula is happening in the ACM is whoever it is. So like if I leapt into like Mike's body or whatever, like the other person would leap into his and they would be like, what am I doing here? I'm in the future. It's super weird and it's super silly, but it was oh, like- that's, the- I didn't know that. Do they ever show the people? They, cause here's the weird thing. They, they it's, it's exclusively, except for like, you know, it ran for however many seasons. I mean, tons of episodes. This is back when they had shit tons of, 97 episodes. I would say probably only five times did they ever show what was going on on regular time earth in the lab. Right. They barely ever did. And then they yeah. somewhere like in the third, fourth season, they started alluding this religious aspect that he was like an angel and that like, 
God was involved because oh, he started, wow. they started kind of like saying that like, uh, like he would, he would go into this whole thing where like, he never did this in the first two seasons, but like somewhere around the third one and the fourth one where he'd be like, well, you know, like it's, it's up to the guy up there. And, um, it was never alluded that like they, they, that's where they kept it. You know what yeah. I mean? But he to like the guy up there that he had to do something like to, you know, as an angel basically. Right. Yeah. You know, this, this sounds like a pitch meeting where the dude had absolutely nothing, the writer. Yeah. And they were like, so what do you got for, you know, the new fall season? And he was really high and he was like, fuck. And he just swung for the fences and we made it up on the spot. And they were like, this is amazing. Well, I will say, you know, there's always on network. I don't know. I don't, maybe not on network TV right now because network TV is kind of dying in a sense. Mm -hmm. But um, up until streaming kind of took over, there was always a show on some network that was essentially about angels kind of, or something there was uh, uh, highway to heaven was essentially this same show. He wasn't popping into people's bodies but he was kind of finding himself in a situation where he would like help a bunch of people out and God's involved. And then there was a show, there was actually recently there was a show called God friended me. And it was like touched by an angel and touched by an angel. It's all kind of essentially the same thing where somebody's falling into a new situation every week where they get to like sort of help Mm -hmm. somebody out. But there's a couple of like, you know, the other funny thing is like, um, a lot of network TV shows would try to take on like heavy topics like racism or like molest, like child molestation yeah. or something. And I think there's a couple like, like quantum leaps. <laughs> yep. There's a two part like racism episode where like, you know, there's, you know, like cross burnings and all kinds of stuff. It was a two parter. Yeah. And super heavy ones were always two parters. Yeah. I feel like I feel like your aforementioned statement about content is like we're just now getting to the point where those stories are getting told in a really effective way, like the yeah. new Watchmen, this Watchmen series, yeah, which yeah. I think was like is amazing. It's just amazing way to you know finally shed light on the sort of uh, the massacre, in, you know, nineteen twenty one in yeah. Tulsa, Oklahoma, which has never gotten any sort of coverage, which is t- terrible. And they do it, frame it around the superhero story, which is fucking nuts. Um, but you're right. I think these these early sci-fi shows and things like that were the first ones that were sort of a precursor to where we are now, where every show has this crazy, awesome, interesting concept. Yeah. You have to watch the whole season to sort of get the whole, you know, the whole yeah. gist of it. Um, well, and they still, I, and they, they, there's a weird like, um, it you know, we shows now too. Like we're we're even on network shows. We're finally at a place where networks even kind of you know i mean maybe not with like young sheldon sitcoms and shit like that but like shows kind of expect you to have watched that show yeah. in order whereas quantum leap they don't like they, they kind of cover it right up front in the in credits where they go samuel beckett was stuck in a thing and he went to the deal and he's stuck and only his friend al can see him or whatever you got the thing and then you kind of don't need to know yeah. the rest of it so they're not going like okay well remember that thing that happened last week well it's really affecting this right. week and then those two things are affecting like they don't really it's kind of like there's the setup and then there's all 96 episodes and then there's the last episode so it's almost like an anthology series yeah it's kind of like way. an anthology series right. really um there's funny there's a, there's a character that they uh 
that Al, uh, played by Dean Stockwell, is who's the only person you're re almost ever seeing from like the current time period. But he's always referring to this character named Gushy. He's always going, oh, you know, like look at this thing and go, Gushy says, oh, and Gushy's got bad breath. Gushy says that uh, you got to do this and this and this. And they never. Was it Ziggy? Well, it's Ziggy, but there's also Gushy. And Ziggy is like the AI that he's talking to, but Gushy. They show him only like four times. It was this comedian named Dennis Wolfberg, who was this kind of like heavy set guy that had one wonky eye who passed away really young. But he kind of had this thing where he looked up like this oh. and all his jokes he would kind of talk about and go like, Ugh. I remember I remember he had this one joke where he goes like, he goes like, uh, Moses uh, went to the people and in and, and times and said that, uh, they needed to circumcise them to get closer to God by cutting the foreskin off the penis. At that point, I would be thinking, senile. <laughs> um, but he was this really great comedian that he was like on Letterman a ton. But I, and I, I, if you'll hear, you'll hear Dean Stockwell mention Gushy quite a bit. Oh, yeah. But he also mentioned Ziggy, and Ziggy's like an AI that has this like lady's voice that does it sometimes. But it's also this, this it is, it's not incredibly explained it was like bloop, 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 pointing at this like corny looking cell phone uh -huh. like, ah Ziggy says that you have to go back in time to go to the place and then you've got to make this person fall in love with you otherwise the time I'm like you're reading all that from bloop, 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 bloop. yeah hey but the thing is how about the episodes where Dean Stockwell didn't tell Sam Beckett that uh that he where Al didn't tell Sam, that Sam was actually in Al's body. Yeah. He was trying to get his wife back. And he, that's, he wanted to change the future and try and get his wife back in the episode when he was a young man. That was like a heavy one where it's like he kept that a secret from him the entire time. And like Sam Beckett was like, he was, you know, like doing all the stuff that like the Al was telling him to do and like not listening to Ziggy. And like, of course, the Ziggy thing was like, sounded like it was malfunctioning because it knew that it was, you know, he wasn't telling him the truth. He was yeah. like trying to save his marriage because he fucked up. Like he, he always said that he had been married, like, you know, like, ah, oh, Dick's wife or whatever, yeah. my sixth wife or whatever. Um, but then he tried to get Sam Beckett to kind of do his own bidding on a couple of episodes. Yeah. Where he, was, he was like a fighter pilot, you know, like, or, He's or in Vietnam. There's a bunch of Vietnam storylines. Yeah. Fuck. I, I, I remember too. I, I, so I watched it. I mean, when I was a little kid, but 89, I remember watching it. I mean, I guess it wasn't that little, but, uh, but I remember watching it. I was, I remember being in junior high and this kid named, <laughs> this kid named Tyson Ormsby, uh, raised his hand and goes mr cardwell it was math class goes mr cardwell mr cardwell um do you think with math there could ever be a quantum leap <laughs> <laughs> mr cardwell was like what is that hey, he's like like when you go back in time that's math right <laughs> <laughs> again uh the, we are all from north texas okie smoky Fucking hick ass. I got another Quantum Leap tie-in. Uh, Scott Bakula, star of Quantum Leap, filmed a movie in Denton, Texas called Necessary Roughness. And it was, uh, was him and Sin Sinbad and Kathy Ireland. And uh, me and my buddy Scott Cox were skateboarding and we saw Scott Bakula and he came up and was like, 
hey guys, looks like you're working real hard here. <laughs> it's, an, it's a dead, it was a dead on Scott Bakula impression. Uh, I know. What I know I about Taco. I mean, I'm not even joking. That was actually I know. really good. Um, and uh, then we got to go inside and watch them film a scene from Necessary Roughness. So I've seen like, Scott work. I probably learned my most about acting was watching Scott. Work. I, I wish because of that one instance you called him Scott. Now. Yeah, oh, I do. <laughs> you know what you should do, dude? And I'm not even joking. You should hire yourself out as a Scott Bakula impersonator. <laughs> and you go do like kid children's parties good. and so yeah. you're like, hey, it's yeah. Scott Bakula. <laughs> you're like, who the fuck is this guy? Scott Bakula, they tried to do like, he had like, you know how like big TV actors always kind of get their one like, all right, we're gonna make you star in a movie and yeah. see if you can do it. And I don't know what year it came out, but it was probably it was somewhere in this like, in the in the quantum leap years. They that his shot was being they, and they really like were were doing a full on swing for the fences. It was a, it was gonna be a show written by Clive Barker, but it was gonna be like a series of movies, and it was all about like a paranormal detective guy. Oh. And um, the movie was called Lord of Illusions. And the, the main character's name was, is Scott Bakula's character's name was Harry Damore. <laughs> and I remember, I remember me and me and my buddy watched it. We just kept, every time they would say, couldn't they said it a lot in the movie, like, Harry Damore's on this case? And we go like, Harry Damoron. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say, man, I remember that movie and it being like, I remember being like scared. That was like definitely a movie my dad was into because we watched a ton of all of those like just super kind of like B horror movie kind of shit. Yeah. VHS like, movies for sure. Yeah. Um, dude, I, yeah. I mean, and you got to think about, you know, he can't, he had to come back with Star Trek. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. No, he's doing, I, he did a, uh, he had that show that I thought was actually pretty good. It was like him and Ray Romano and Oh, Men of a Certain Age. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, that was kind That's of right, a cool. Was it was like a comeback show both for not that like Andre Bauer. Not yeah, and Andre Bauer. Like mm -hmm. not that Ray Romano had a falling off, but it was that was like the first time because like Ray Romano does like exclusively cool roles now. Yeah, like he's really not does. like a sitcom guy at all anymore. But that was like cool to see all three of those dudes. You see people successfully just change the course of their career. Yeah. And then maybe it's an agent or whoever, but somebody just goes, you know, and has a clear path for them and then they just start sort of working different avenues. I um, love uh, that show Vinyl was yeah, oh, the show was good. Yeah, it was the show good. was good. On actually one of the one of these episodes, I talked about the TV show of Get Shorty and how good Ray Romano is. So is back back to Ray Romano. Oh, also back to your original point, and this has nothing to do with Quantum Leap. But wait, were you saying? Oh God, back to Ray Romano. Back to no, no, no. I Fuck just, you! I wasn't saying. Oh God, I was saying we we've mentioned Ray Romano on this podcast already. Yeah, you know, uh, two you know weird musician guys. <laughs> Hey, Ray Romano. Hey, but uh, what I was going to say is that SNL this week, I thought it was great. I thought Bill Burr was great. I thought his monologue, it offended some people, but he always has this weird way of being like the guy that is offensive, but then there's always a point to it where it sort of has a liberal stance. You know? I've never seen a more like perfectly equally divided extreme Twitter reaction it's, as to its, it's thing. It was just, nuts. it was like my whole Twitter feed was just like, I hated it. I loved it. I hated mm -hmm. it. I loved Which it. Which I think is exactly yeah. why he's doing so well. And 
I, th- I he did a great job hosting, and I thought it was really funny. Um, I also love Saturday Night Live. We can go all fucking day on Saturday Night Live. It's my favorite show. Um, okay, so there's your your thing too, my friend. Yeah, I think we're good there. So yeah. uh, I didn't think we would have a lot to talk about with Quantum Leap. I didn't, I, and I expected as much. We had a lot to talk about with Quantum Leap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so let's get into thing three, my friend. So where, where are you at? Oh, God damn, it's the thing number three. Why are so you saying my friend? <laughs> well, he, it's he's freaking me my, out. My friend, my friend. My friend. My friend. Um, I, I was like going to try and sell Ian something. I mean, I could sell him anything in here. I'm getting rid of everything must go. <laughs> my friend, I got. I got. Hey, man, you? I got guitars. I got used Chevrolets. I got guitars. Uh, uh, do you want a beeper? Hey, you, have you heard Mike's? Have you heard Mike's deep Texas accent, like a barbecue commercial guy? Check it out. Coming up next, we've got Patty Loveless, <laughs> Trisha Yearwood, Katie Moffitt, and the Queen, the one who was given to us by God, a golden voice of perfection, placed in femininity, the lovely Miss Reba. McIndyre. That was I like, specific and, and as if you were taking dictation from God. Yeah, what? I was. So you got that voice and I have my, hi, uh, y'all want a uh, you know, biscuit? Um, sorry. It's uh, Reba McIndyre. Reba McIndyre. Uh, so it needs to cause the brown note. It needs to be so low. <laughs> Reba McIndyre. I mean, it's amazing you can get that deep. Your voice does not sound good. We've been figuring things out about each other during this. Uh, what's your, what, what is your third thing? Okay, uh, third thing, we were talking about it uh, earlier a little bit, but I, I would have to say uh, recording at home. I mean, I think that's saving us all, to be quite frank. And it's amazing. It's a true testament to technology because we have these, you know, everyone's computer. If you buy a lap, an Apple uh, Mac, a MacBook, you have a Macintosh. It's great. Keep up playing. Apple Macintosh. <laughs> uh, we have recording capabilities immediately. You know, you have GarageBand that just comes from the factory that way. Or you can upgrade a little bit and get Logic. But uh, yeah, man. So what, what have you been up to? Um, I mean, dude, there's a lot of like uh, a, quite a bit. Um, even before like all the quarantine stuff kind of went down, you know, like um, I pretty much, I've always kind of like been like working on stuff here at home, especially sure. like all the bands with, with uh, Broken Gold, Riverboat Gamblers. Um, but I got to a certain point where I kind of like stepped it up a little bit and I was able to kind of like maybe sort of half, like be able to kind of do stuff that could get released. Not like a full band thing, but at least my parts. Sure. Uh, so, um, I mean, I've sent in takes that I've done over here that are on the band of horses, like record. And, uh, I, I love that too. I love, I've done the same thing where people have wanted me to do a session or do play on their thing. And just knowing it came from my actual garage band and I sent it to them from my, you know, just from my little weird demo situation. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I have like a pretty legit like little setup over here. And, then, you know, it's it's made it really helpful, especially like, uh, you know, like I did pretty much like 
a lot of the guitars and bass on the um, on our friend Mishka Shubali's uh, last release that came out. I did that all here. Um, but we actually, yeah, well, I, I, it's really good. I, I just for spacing was, on the name of it. We recorded it with Stuart. It's called um, "I'll Be Gone." Yeah, it's really it's, it's super it good. Stuart Sykes from Stuart, here in Austin, yeah. Texas. Uh, Stuart Sykes is a famed producer of oh geez Jack White, Laura Lynn. He's done Riverboat Gamblers. He's done the Draculas, which are the best band in the world. Uh, giant dogs. Giant dogs. Like he's a he's a family friend of all three of ours, and just a great yeah. guy. We uh but but leading up to that, like doing all the kind of like pre-production stuff, I guess, like I kind of, you know, Mishka sent me like basically iPhone recordings of just him singing into his phone with a guitar. And uh and we built this crazy kind of like cascading orchestral stuff. Like, you know, it's it's guitars, but it's you know, it's this I built this, you know, like all over here at the house and just kind of like, you know, starting on GarageBand and then we made it happen for real in the studio. So that was cool. Um, but as far as like, as you know, things happening during quarantine, like, uh, you know, I, the one thing that's cool and that I appreciate too, is just like, you know, especially having a, somebody to kind of always send stuff back. So I've sent stuff to Mike and uh, we end up kind of putting songs together. And that's how kind of a lot of the songs that like, as far as gamblers, like the last few releases were put together a little bit that yeah. way. Um, but uh, it's weird. I, I definitely was late to, it, it I get so overwhelmed by new technology and stuff, but it's really like I don't know, man. The fact that you can do so much stuff with it now, I wonder what else what's gonna come out of all this and stuff. Bananas. It's bananas. And it saved my you know, it's 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 one of the things that I have sort of uh, appreciated. I, I don't take it for granted that we can just open up our laptop if we have an idea and just it comes out and then for me it's then on it's my personal i i try to make it sound as close to a actual recording as possible because yeah. even your program drums you can tweak and you do all that stuff um and even a novice somebody that doesn't even play an instrument can get on and kind of make a song That's uh, awesome. yeah so it's I, I yeah i i agree with you on that there's stuff that we we've even found with dracula's it's like uh let's just that in because it just sounds cooler because it sounds like shittier in a good yeah. way you know like yeah that I mean, made the last record that we just took from my garage band demos and put it on there it's funny some guy a guar fan the other day uh messaged me on facebook and he had my garage band demos that only the guys in guar had i don't know how he had them and he sent them to me and i was listening to this stuff that like i only i and dave brocky rest in peace had yeah. and somehow this guy had them and it's it's something real personal about that too you know because you know i guess it's sort of the 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 pageantry of opening your own laptop it's almost like your own journal because you know there's demos you don't want anybody to hear because they're larval and they're like sort of this isn't finished yet, and only I'm hearing them, and maybe I'll share them with somebody I really trust. You know what I mean? There's that too, that sort of precious thing about them. Yeah, no, it's it's been good. So, I mean, like I've done, dude, the amount of uh, of songs that I've uh, accumulated with me and um, and Ben Bridwell is is kind of insane. Like, um, and well, so awesome. we, we started doing uh, we started doing just full on just 
covers. And so I was, uh, you know, I've done full like, uh, band versions through GarageBand and then through also through Logic and a couple of things on Pro Tools when we were trying to make it sound extra fancy. But um, full-on versions, like recreations of, you know, like Granddaddy songs, NXS, what else do oh, we wow. do? Oh, wow. You guys, is there any chance any of that will ever get released? I, some of them sound pretty damn close, man. Like, uh, it, I think it also it's kind of one of those things too, where it's almost like, let's put this together in a way where it's going to sound like how the way the band would do it. Right. Not, yeah. You know what I mean? So like we did like, uh, you know, never tear us apart by NXS. We've done some Lemonhead songs. We've done Matthew sweet. Um, the granddaddy song, I feel like it was like my big kind of opus with that because it's a long, long song. It was, uh, I'm okay with my decay, that song. Yeah. And uh, there is like so many scene changes. I mean, that band is basically kind of like ELO, but with, you know, fuzzed out guitars and, sure. you know, all kinds of stuff. Um so it was really fun. And then, so we just kind of like send versions back and forth, but that's not also just the original stuff where it's, you know, I have, there's always going to be, you know, like my favorite thing in the world in the way that like I do pretty much most of everything now, like once I really got into figuring out how to use a ditto looper, um, that kind of changed my whole songwriting world a little bit um because what i'll i mean like it'll start with just the looper pedal and it'll be the most like simple two string joy division style guitar line you know but it just kind of has like has like a vibe to it you know and then you can loop that and just kind of fuck off and just try all kinds of different kind of chord progressions on top of it mm -hmm. and like man that sounds pretty cool so i'll record it and then I'll just start compiling all of these things. I know that probably there's probably some form of that that you do too, or a lot of people do. Um, you compile this like fucking voice memo library. Yeah, dude. And then, and then you just go back and sift Mine through. Mine gives me anxiety. Um, you just go back and sift through and you're just like, you know, I'll try to find, like I have like times of the week where I'm like, okay, I'm going to sit in front of my laptop now. And then, turn those into songs. And so uh, even if it's just like, cause I used to get kind of like, especially like when I was way younger, I used to get like really um, like, man, that's really nothing. If it's good, I'll remember it. Sure. Yeah. And so, I wonder, I wonder how many fucking good songs I've lost because oh, of that. Oh man. Yeah. You just like, get cocky. You're like, oh, I'll remember that. It's so good. I'll remember it. And then yeah. if it's good, I'll remember it. That's so shitty. And be, but so like, I have, I have like, you know, a ton of these built up things and it could be for any band. It just depends on the day. And, uh, hold on, this thing will probably help. <laughs> um, so, uh, it depends on the day, depends on whatever it could be for any band. I, I never really sit down for any kind of like, I'm going to write gambler songs today. I'm going to write, you know, broken gold. I'm going to think I'm going to kind of come up with something for band of horses or whatever. That's it's just cool. about having alternate sources to write with you know you know it's it's different. yeah it's a different gear for every single sure. band and it's really uh so i sit down and i'll start with the same template i never like you know I'll, I'll but 
I like to have all the different options in front of me. So I like to break out like my pedal board and it's like, if I want to do quiet, pretty shit, that's super reverbed out and delayed. I've got that available. If I want to do like stuff that's super garagey and whatever, it's all there. And I just, but I do not, um, I rarely ever set up everything into GarageBand and, and sit there with the computer on because that I feel adds like an extra level of pressure. Like I'm going to hit record now. Sure. Yeah. And, and, uh, and just record whatever it is that I'm doing. It's mainly like, I like to just sit there and just like, I'm going to just fuck around until something sounds cool. And then once it sounds cool, I can loop that shit and then just record the loop. Right. And then save it, come back to it later and just fuck off and then just go downstairs, go about the day, go about the week, go about the month and then come back to it later and then start sifting through and just really just trying to kind of like, you know, that's another thing with just like technology is just, it's so easy to just uh, have these little documents of everything um, to do. And, um, you know, it's funny, Tim McElrath and Rise Against, he writes with a looper pedal as well. He always has. It's the best. He'll just loop it. The same deal, he'll save his loops. And so, you know, we'll be on tour and I'll hear him back and we have like a warm up room and I'll hear him back there, you know, with the same loop he's had banked or saved and he's going back to that part and uh it encouraged me it, i i've done it as well it's a great way to, to write. I, yeah i've kind of like really landed on that and and uh that's what i end up doing and um but then those turns in those turn into like cool little ideas and even if it does like not end up turning into anything it's like sure put those things together or elaborate on a 30 second part. And then um, I try to not put too much thought into anything anymore other than like, okay, this has a really good like vibe to it. And I'm just going to add a B part and go back to that first A part, or maybe that A part was the B part. I'm going to make right. an A part to go into that. When you get into arrangement hell. Mm-hmm. Um, that. And so yeah. that's why I like working with somebody else. And I just send that off and then it's like, what do you think about this? And, you know, it's usually a good barometer if somebody else can really do something with it. And, um, or if I have an idea about like singing stuff on top of it too. And, um, and then it comes back and the next thing you know, it's just like, man, this turned out into a, a pretty damn cool little idea from literally nothing from just like an idea on the, on the phone. Well, and, we are a try. I, creative triumvirate here so you you and me have the number one record which is our tribute to record band where we play what an entire record you and mike have the riverboat gamblers mike and i have the draculas so we don't we don't all three write together which actually we we should which would be really great but uh yeah i think uh i think it's an important connection especially at these times in these unprecedented unprecedented times if i hear somebody say the new normal again i'm gonna fucking vomit um, well, Ian McDougall, uh, I think we're, we're at time here. Um, and to recap your three things that have, the topic was the three things that have gotten you through this quarantine. Um, hopefully we will go into other topics with future guests because again, we need to get past this new normal. Nope. It's going to stay this way. Forever. Stay this way forever and ever. Um, RIP live music. Um, so your first thing was bikes. You've been riding bikes. That's been getting you through. It's something you, 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 you have peace of mind. You get out, you do things. It almost killed you. And you had this dramatic 
turn of events and you went back to it. Uh, the show Quantum Leap, which I'm, that's that's your second thing, which I've never seen, and now oh I, boy, I want to go see it. I want a deep dive. And number third is Home Recording, which I mean, fuck, I don't think I could say enough. It's it's a, it's a, the best thing I think the best thing technology has ever invented, to be honest. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, dude, I remember that, uh, that in my uh, little pocket buzzer, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> that and Mike's pocket buzzer. Is there anything you want to uh, plug or talk about while you're here? I don't really have anything. Uh, no, we'll do another. I don't know when this is coming out, but me, me and Ian did a bunch of gambler songs on the uh, stageit.com and it went really good. We had a great time and we're going to do it again. I don't know what it is. Just awesome. follow us. Well, everybody can uh, yeah. tune in for that. We could, we could do all our social medias, our SoCal medias, and we'll let you know when we're doing that again. There's awesome. a, there's a broken gold seven inch that's just sitting there ready to go artwork and everything. Oh, right. Whatever that happens. But, uh, is there, is there plans to put that out plans to put that out or date or anything? There's no date. Um, and I was told that there's no hurry. (laughs) Chicken ranch is going to put it out. And, um, it's two songs that we did uh, a little bit ago, but it's really good. And, um, I look forward to hearing it. Well, uh, did you ever put out that um that Oingo Boingo song you guys did? Yeah, it's on Spotify. Uh, man, the Broken Gold did this amazing Oingo Boingo cover. I heard it's it. It's really great. fucking good. Oh, by the way, we, I don't even think we blogged Broken Gold. We've just been referring to blo- Broken Gold. Ian has another band called Broken Gold, aside from the Riverboat Gamblers, aside from Band of Horses. That is also fantastic. And everybody should check that out. They have things where you stream music. Um, all right, man. Well, thank you so much, uh, bro, bro. Thanks. Thanks, y'all. Thank you. Um, right on. And uh, Mike. Um, fuck th- you. Fuck you, bitch. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for listening to the Three Things Podcast. Once again, we really appreciate everything, and we appreciate all of you. Mike, do you appreciate everyone? Nope. Mike doesn't appreciate shit. I'm petulant. Mac is a spoiled, rotten, petulant child. Um, We will be getting a Patreon going very soon and have exclusive content. We just might have the Back on My Bullshit podcast. It's be exclusive to Patreoners. Yeah. Uh, So thank you guys for listening, and uh, please keep doing so, and we'll have another episode very soon. Thank you again. I love you. I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez 
host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to Something About the Beatles, now on Evergreen and wherever you get your podcasts.